0: Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode about catalase and coagulase. Before we get started, please remember, Let's Talk Micro is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, TuneIn, um, Overcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find Less Talk Micro. I am also on Instagram as Less Talk Micro. No apostrophe. I'm also on Twitter as Less Talk Micro One. So go ahead and follow me. I post a lot of pictures in there about organisms. Last week I posted a picture about a flow chart, a gram positive oxide flow chart between. You know, um, clusters and chains. Uh, very basic, you know, starting, of course, with catalase, and then you go, depending on the result, which way to go. But it gets, you know, you can speciate the, the flowchart that speciates the beta hemolytic strips based on the strip typing, which is what we're going to be talking about today. It's a great document when you're starting a micro, so go ahead and know feel free to print it and use it for your studies you know that's the goal here sharing the information sharing what i know to make micro a little bit easier for everyone so every week we do a recap um i'm gonna do it briefly we have a a lot to talk about today so last week we talked about catalase and we talked about coagulase right so what is catalase so catalase is an enzyme Uh, That basically catalyzes the release of water and oxygen from hydrogen peroxide and staph has this enzyme So this is the first test that we do when we have a gram-positive cocci. We do a catalase, catalase positive. Well, we do a gram stain and then you have clusters, right? You do a catalase. It's positive So then you will do the coagulase very simple test you add a drop of hydrogen peroxide on a slide, then you add your colony, and uh, and then observe for bubbles. Some, you can also add the colonies to the slide and then add the drop of hydrogen peroxide. What we need to take away from this is that be careful, a, a positive catalyst reaction, it's supposed to be strong bubbles right away. So sometimes you, know, you can have the enterococcus, It gives you like a weak reaction, maybe two seconds in. You see tiny bubbles. This is what's considered a weak positive or a negative reaction. So keep that in mind because if you call it positive, you're going to start going down the line of the staph and that will be wrong. And then we also talked about coagulase. Um, So this one is used to differentiate between staph aureus and other staff. So I said that, you know, coagulase is produced by staph aureus and reacts with fibrinogen, and it results in a precipitation of fibrinogen on the cell, which causes the cells to clump when a bacterial suspension is mixed with plasma. So this this test, um, normally they use, some some labs might still do it, I don't know, other areas of the world, maybe not in the U.S., um, but it's a, it, it, it can take a while you know. it can be a lengthy time consuming test so I talked about the the staff kit by Remmel which has the same principle but it, but it is a very simple test you know you add a drop of your latex and then you put your quality with a stick and then you mix and you observe for agglutination you know, staph can be so strong that while you're mixing, uh, you can start seeing the reaction. So you should see clumping uh, with a clear background. Maybe tiny particles with a murky background is considered a negative result. But make sure that you read the package insert. As to with any test, make sure that you read the package insert because it says that you can have some false positive reactions. You know, like Staph shuri, um, Staph saprophyticus. So if you get a positive reaction, make sure you correlate that with the morphology. Meaning that for you to call it Staph aureus, you need to have beta hemolysis. If it's weak to none, because you can have like weakly hemolytic Staph aureus, then go ahead and perform an ID by another method. Like Vitec, Maldituff, etc do not call it staph aureus. So the coagulase is used to differentiate staph aureus from other staph, uh, which uh, you know we call the CNS, coagulase negative staph. And then your catalase is between staph and strep. Always start with a gram stain first. Always, that's the most, one of the most important tools. So I didn't, you know, you can actually, you perform a catalase on you can, on other organisms that are, that are not gram-positive cocci, you can use it on gram-positive rods. You know, but the flowchart that I released was just for gram-positive cocci. So we do use it for gram-positive rods. Uh, the most common species that we use the catalyst for are Bacillus, Coronabacterium, Listeria, and Lactobacillus. Now, if you're a student, do you remember the reactions for each of these? Do you? Well, coronabacterium, it's positive. Listeria is positive. Bacillus is positive. And lactobacillus, it's negative. So those are four, four of the most encounter gram positive rots in the lab. I mean, Listeria to a lesser extent. But definitely lactobacillus, coronabacterium, and bacillus. You definitely work with them a lot. Now that we know about catalysts and coagulase, let's talk about the next biochemical, PYR. So what is PYR? Mm. Uh, PYR has a very long name, and I'm going to attempt here. We do not mention it in the lab. So we are professional, so I'm, I'm going to try to read it. So the enzyme L-Pyrrolidonal arylamidase Hydrolyzes the l pyrolydonal b substrate to produce a beta naphthylamine that's the, that's the principle of the PYR. So this can be detected by adding a reagent and observing a red color. You know, there are a variety of, of kits out there that you use. Um, you know, you have a disc PYR test, which you basically, you moisten a disc, with water and then apply the colony you wait two minutes and add like your developer and a pink color is considered a positive result. Um, you also have you can see there's also the identical AE test out there which is like a little like um cardboard like a rectangular card and then you you know you add your colonies you add your first reagent, you know, you add your colonies, you wait two minutes, and then you add your developer. And the same thing, you observe for a pink color. That's considered a reaction, a positive reaction. Um, so yeah, you can have the disk and you can have other methods, but it's always waiting two minutes before adding something else. So with the PYR, I always recommend, especially with the students when you're getting started because sometimes you know, you're going to have those iffy reactions like is it positive, is it not? so you should always go ahead and if you're using the disc and the card uh, or the card I recommend that you start actually apply your colonies in more than one area that way if you have a positive result you're sure like you see seen the two pink areas you know, that's that's pretty good with those, you know, color reactions. While you're getting, you know, more proficient and while you practice and, you know, you continue doing it and doing it and doing it. Um, it's good to go ahead and, yeah, apply it on more than one area. And then that way you're sure about your result. So, once again, question time for the students. We Out of the, so what is this test used for? First of all, let's start there do you remember? well by now uh, if you actually you know if you're looking at the picture of the flow chart that I posted last week so you're doing your catalyst right? so I mentioned catalyst positive you have a staff. catalyst negative gram positive cocci in chains you have a strep so then the next step will be to perform a PYR um, so you're gonna have there are two species that are positive, as far as gram-positive cocci in chains. Now, do you remember which ones are those? Enterococcus and Streptococcus pyogenes. They're both positive. And then the other streps, like Strep viridens, um, Strep all the other streps, they're supposed to, they're, they're negative. So keep that in mind. So that differentiates enterococcus and streptococcus pyogenes from other strep. So for the intents and purposes of this flowchart, let's just stick to the PYR on the strep. You know there are some cases where you can do a PYR for a staff, but let's not go there right now. Let's just stick to the strep. So. You have a gram-positive coxine chains. You do your is negative. You do your PYR. And then it's positive. So you can have either streptococcus pyogenes or enterococcus. You know, fecalis, facium, drans, and all those other ones. So as far as hemolysis, then you know that streptococcus pyogenes is better beta-hemolytic. And then Enterococcus can actually exhibit all three hemolysis. The most common ones are gamma, which is for your fecalis, and then alpha for your facium, your avium. Uh, but you can have beta hemolytic Enterococcus. And I will talk a little bit more about Enterococcus when I, once I get through the strep typing. But that's why you use PYR4. So you have a positive depending on the hemolysis, um, you have streptococcus pyogenes or you can have enterococcus. So there's another test that we use for beta hemolytic strep, which is the strep typing. Have you heard about this? And before we get there, um, I mentioned that the PYR a positive reaction is a pink color and then no color development is a negative result. Okay. So now let's talk about strep typing. So strep typing is based on the Lancefield group. So this this test is used for beta hemolytic strep. So some species of beta hemolytic strep, you know they have a carbohydrate on their cell wall. Getting technical. So the reagent on that kit reacts with the carbohydrate on that cell wall producing agglutination. And the fill, the lancefill system classifies the bacteria in groups. You have A for Streptococcus pyogenes, causative aging of the strep throat. You have B, Streptococcus agalactiae, right? Uh, very common seen in meningitis, neonatal sepsis. C, you can have Streptococcus dysgalactiae. And Streptococcus anginosus. F, you have Streptococcus anginosus. And G, you can have, can be either Dysgalactiae or Anginosus. So those are your, your main Lansfield groups. And this is a very simple test. Uh, once again, the one that I have experience with is the REMO PathodX. And that one works well with, uh, you have it like an extraction. So, which is very basic, you have three reagents. And with those reagents, so you basically add two drops of reagent one, two drops of reagent two to a, a, a glass tube. You add your colonies. Don't be afraid to add a healthy amount. And then you add four drops of reagent three. Now, I have seen that I, I have been in labs where they don't perform the extraction because by, by doing that process, you're extracting that antigen from the cell wall. Uh, I, I've seen places that they just add the latex because the kid comes with the latex for that, spe- that specific landsfield. And then they mix their colonies with that and then they observe for agglutination. In my experience, I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I think it's best with the extraction. Even with the extraction, even if you have a smaller amount, it works out beautifully. Uh, I have gotten questionable reactions with just using the latex. Uh, you know, like sometimes, if you don't have that much, uh, especially like if you're doing, let's say, you're doing an urine culture, right? So, most protocols, you have to rule out beta strep between, let's say, like 9 and 49 years of old in females, right? What they consider, what's considered a childbearing age. Because, you know, uh, if you have, if the female has the beta strep in the vaginal canal, then the baby can get and the baby can become septic. So, you have to make sure that if, and it's pretty common, you know, like OB patients, Um, I'm not exactly sure at how many weeks of gestation they get tested for it, for beta strep. So bottom line, you're in the urine bench, maybe you have two or three colonies. You don't need to do susceptibilities, unless the patient is allergic to penicillin. So you have that one or two colonies, you go ahead and do your extraction, you get your positive result for group B, and then you're done. You know, report your colony count. And that's it, you don't have to sub it out, you don't have to wait for the next day. That's it, you're done. So that's why I like the the extraction procedure. You know, you don't need that much to get that beautiful positive reaction. So like I mentioned, the kit has the three reagents. And then it has five different latex bottles. One for A, one for B, one for C, one for F and one for G. And when you do the when you're doing the extraction process, where you're doing the two drops of one, two drops of two, you know add your colonies four drops of three, you can use that to test for all five so one suspension slash extraction is good enough for you to test for the five energies now granted, with experience depending on the source, the morphology, you know what you're looking for? So you can go ahead and, you know, like test for the one you're looking for. But this is why you do your PYR first because that's that's helpful as well. If you do a PYR and it's positive, then you go ahead and just test for A, right? Because you know that CF and G... Are PYR negative, and then if your organism is PYR negative, then you go ahead and test for your CF and G, but you don't have to test for your A. Then B has also a very distinctive morphology. So a lot of times, you know, you have a PYR negative result, you can just go ahead and if it doesn't look like B, which is like it's not as hemolytic as CF and G. Uh, it has like a milky, the colonies are milky white. So if it doesn't look like that, then you go ahead and test for CF and G. I mean, if they're negative, go ahead and test for B as well. So at least, you know, the PYR points you in the right direction. But what you have to be careful also is like this test is for beta hemolytic strep. Right? If you look at the flowchart, I mean, you're a microbiologist, you know that some of these species, they can observe all three types of hemolysis. Streptococcus anginosus, right? Which is called the strep- you know, strep- streptococcus anginosus group, where you have strep anginosus strep intermedius, and strep constellatus. They can observe, they can have all three morphologies. They can be alpha, they can be gamma, they can be beta, but you would only do the typing when they're beta hemolytic, this test is designed for beta hemolytic strep, and like I mentioned before, uh, agglutination that's a positive result, so the latex in in this test is blue, so you're gonna see like the blue clumping, so there's... Like I mentioned, very simple test. Two, two, colonies, four. Add the colonies to you know a card that already comes with a circle. Add your latex, mix it, and then rotate for about a minute. And then observe for agglutination. The lack of agglutination is a negative result. So no clumping. That's agglutination. So if you see clumping, it's a positive result. If you don't see clumping, it's a negative result. And since the latex is blue, you know it's pretty easy to see. You know sometimes you know follow your package insert. Sometimes you know the cards they need a little bit of a mechanical help. So you can place them on a rotator for a little bit. Just always make sure you check the package insert. So that's what a positive versus negative result on a strip typing is. So go ahead and look at the flowchart for the organisms, but I'm going to go ahead and say them again. So group A pyogenes, group B streptococcus agalactiae, group C streptococcus anginosus or dysgalactiae, group F streptococcus anginosus, and group G streptococcus dysgalactiae. And streptococcus anginosus. So, and that's just based on the Lancefield system. Now, as part of this show, I always like to share what I know, what I have seen while on the lab. So I'm going to tell you something. When you're typing, get your colonies from a blood agar plate. Blood agar plate. And you microbiologists out there... I mean, you're listening to me say this and you're like, I know where he's going with this. So, yes. Like I mentioned earlier, some species of strep, they can observe all three types of hemolysis. Meaning that you can have them like a genosis, you know, it can be alpha, it can be beta, and it can be gamma hemolytic. Well, enterococcus, and this is true of faecalis it can observe all three as well. And this is on blood auger. Well, enterococcus as, as, as the whole species, they, they can observe, they can have the three hemolysis, alpha, beta, and gamma. However, in addition to this, what, sometimes when you sub enterococcus to a PEA plate, it can be beta hemolytic. So you have to be careful. And this is why On the labs that I have been at, when you have a PEA plate, people circle the PEA. That way you're aware that while you grow there, you might not be able to test it right away. You might have to sub it to a blood plate. So you find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, look at hmm, beta-hemolytic colonies. Huh, let me do a typing. And you might get some agglutination. There was a case years ago where a tech, they went ahead and they saw beta hemolytic colonies on a PEA plate. They did the typing and it was positive for B. So it was reported as Streptococcus agalactiae. Upon further investigation, it turned out that it was Enterococcus faecalis. So this is where you have to be careful. If you have beta hemolytic colonies on a PEA plate, depending on what the validation has been in your lab, maybe go ahead and perform a a Malditov or another form of ID. If you don't have those, um, you don't have that many colonies, sub it to a blood plate. Because you might be surprised the next day. You have those beta hemolytic colonies on PEA, you sub it to blood. Then the next day you're like, oh, this is gamma hemolytic. Pyr positive, okay, so it's not, then, you know, there's still no need to do the typing because at that point in time, it's gamma hemolytic. Pyr positive, what do you have? Enterococcus. So just be careful out there. Remember, if you're report, reporting enterococcus versus streptococcus agalactiae, there's a difference. You know, that can be different treatments. You know, enterococcus can be, uh, you know, cause nosocomial infections. You know, and they're resistant to that vancomycin. So just be careful. When you have those beta hemolytic colonies, look at your plate. If it's a blood plate, go ahead and test it. So by now, you're seeing a little order. So you're doing, you have your colonies in your plate. You do a gram stand, you see clusters, or you see chains. You do a catalase, positive staph, negative shrub. Then uh, if you have a staph, do coagulase, positive staph aureus, negative CNS. If your catalase was negative, PYR, right? Positive. Look at your hemolysis. If it's alpha and gamma, and this is for gram-positive coxine chains, alpha and gamma, you have enterococcus. If it's beta-hemolytic, you can have enterococcus or streptococcus pyogenes. But streptococcus pyogenes will type A. Whereas your enterococcus, when it's beta-hemolytic and you do the typing, it will be negative. And then you, you do your PYR. So if your PYR was positive, you do that, if your PYR was negative, then you're typing. And depending on what landfill result you get, those are your probabilities of the species. Now, when I'm saying, you know, like I mentioned, on Strep C and G, it can be either Anginosis or Disgalactiae. At that point in time, you have to actually either do like a Molotov or perform an ID to completely speciate it. I mean you're between those two choices then you need a formal method of ID to this, say okay it's anginosus or it's discard you. Anginosus with a disclaimer that you should never smell plates it gives like a butterscotch odor to it so just a little FYI. So there you have it that's that's just your basic work up when you have gram-positive cocci in the lab. Now if you're doing clusters, because that's also in the flowchart, catalase negative GBCs in clusters, you know, you do a PYR, it's positive, you probably have an AeroCoccus viridens. If it's negative, you have a AeroCoccus urinate probably. And then with your chains, PYR negative, alpha or gamma hemolytic, you can have either anginosis or strep viridens. So, you know, it's a very good flowchart. So go ahead and take the time and, you know, the picture is on Instagram. So go ahead and, you know, take advantage of it. There's some really good information in there. And that, my dear audience, is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoy listening about biochemicals again. Um, PYR and strep typing. It's been great talking about them. Um, as always, you know, continue providing feedback um, via Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can go ahead and also you know, review the podcast. Any suggestions? feel free to make them please continue being motivated continue bringing that passion into your work you know this is an awesome job I mean all jobs in healthcare are, are awesome I mean we help the patients but being a microbiologist is amazing so go ahead you know bring that passion let's continue finding out what these bugs, bugs are um, Let's bring our best into work. I hope you have a great week and continue talking micro until next time.